0: Well, hello. God bless. Welcome back again to a love outreach. My name is Dave Nelson. We are back again for our Wednesday Night Live. We have not been here for a while. I really honestly don't know how many weeks it's been since we've been on here, but it's good to be back and it's good once again to open up the Bible and to talk about it and uh, to... uh, Take any prayer requests that you may have, love to pray for you if there's something that we can pray for you about, uh, or give you any encouragement as it relates to walking with the Lord. Um, If you have a Bible, you can go ahead and open it up to the Gospel of John in the New Testament part of your Bible, the back part of your Bible there, the back half of your Bible, the Gospel of John chapter... Four. So John chapter four, seeing a picture here in the background behind me, I'm uh, still not back in my regular studio, um, still kind of operating out of my uh, bedroom right now with a green screen behind me. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, that's a picture of Flagstaff, Arizona in the background which is covered with snow right now. They've had some heavy snow up there in Flagstaff. We've gotten a lot of uh, rain down here in the valley. Uh, Actually, last summer and, you know, on into the winter and everything, we've gotten a a good amount of rain, which we need, of course. And uh, Flagstaff is getting a good amount of snow, and we can use that water in the state here as well as it melts and comes down into the valley here. But... um, Hello, Becky. Good to have you here. Thank you for joining us once again from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Um, I think you guys are pretty warm there today, aren't you? Actually, I haven't heard your weather. Uh, I think it was 64 degrees where my daughter is in West Virginia and oftentimes have similar weather to you. So, but um, yeah, so... I'm going to go ahead and and feel free, you know, if you're with us here tonight, feel free just to comment whenever you want or ask a question or like I said, submit a prayer request, whichever the case may be. I'm going to go ahead and read through some of John chapter four, the gospel of John chapter four, and I'm actually going to start down in verse five. So if you're following along with me, that's where I will be reading from. John chapter four, verse five. Speaking of Jesus here, it says, so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sukkar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. It says, now Jacob's well was there. So one thing to keep in mind as you read the Bible, um, it's, it's a historical book. Full of historical facts, all the places that it speaks of are still in existence. Um, they may go by some different names nowadays, but um, you know um, the region, the area all around Jerusalem, the area where Jesus walked. If you want, you can go to Israel and you can tour that whole area. And uh, you know, get a lot of historical facts there. But it's important as you read the Bible to realize that there's there's a lot of historical and geographical facts here. And it says though that as Jesus came to the well here, it says that um, that he was wearied from his journey, and he sat there by the well. And it was about the sixth hour. So in that day, in there. Time In the time that they kept, this was about noon. The sixth hour of the day was noon. So, and it says a woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Now it's interesting to me. Hello, Gwen. Good to have you here with us as well. Thanks for joining us. But it's interesting to me here that the Bible states that his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And it says in verse eight, four his disciples had gone away. So in other words, he asked this woman to get a drink uh, for him from the well. Now we'll see as we go along that Jesus had nothing to draw that water out with and she obviously came prepared to do so, but... What we see there in verse 8, that it kind of implies that the disciples of Jesus would have served him if they were there, had been there at the time. Um, And also, we will see that the disciples, or we do see there that the disciples had to go and buy food in verse 8. So, Jesus wasn't constantly performing miracles, constantly doing things like Making food, producing food out of nothing, uh, like he did with the five loaves and the two fish and such. You know, being able to feed the five thousand and all that. They were living everyday lives, but these disciples were following along with Jesus and having the opportunity to walk by him side by side, to learn of him, to grow in him, because they they had something before them, that was going to be a big challenge. I mean, they were going to go on and be martyred for their faith. They were gonna go on, they were gonna be filled with the spirit of the Lord. After the Lord ascended back into heaven, he sent the spirit upon them. They were filled with the spirit. They went out, they preached the gospel under the power of the holy spirit. So they had quite a task ahead of them and they're going through this 3 years of schooling if you will of walking side by side with the Lord. And they were they realized who he was. I mean, they were seeing his miracles. Though like we see here, they had to get food. Excuse me, Jesus needed something to drink, right? So they were, they were living everyday life, but they also knew who Jesus was because they were hearing his words. They were taking the time to listen to him, you know, and to learn of him and to grow of him. Today, the way we do that is much, you know, in the manner that we're doing here. We open up the Bible. We read what it says. We apply it to our lives. We seek the Lord in prayer by the spirit of the Lord indwelling us, we can have fellowship with the Lord and have communication with the Lord in that way. But here in this day, the disciples as servants of the Lord, um, and they were that, disciples, right? Students of the Lord. That's what a disciple is. They were students of Jesus and he was teaching them, right? So anyway, verse nine goes on to say, hello, Jay, thank you. It doesn't, verse nine doesn't say that. I said that. Hey, Jay. (laughs) Your name's not in the Bible, Jay. So, (laughs) unless it's a, there is a Jason, but anyway. (laughs) Hello, Kevin, my brother from the same mother um, in Gettysburg. Good to have you here as well. Um, But getting back to what I was saying, verse nine goes on to say, Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me? a Samaritan woman for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now I got this Jay thing on my mind. Um, uh, uh, is Jay, is your name John? So your name would be in the Bible when we're reading from this. I don't even know. I only, only know him by Jay, but anyway, you'll have to answer that question now, Jay, because you got it stuck in my head here as I'm trying to read. So, Verse 9 again, then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So it's interesting here. She points out two things, right? First of all, she points out that she's a Samaritan, and there was in that day, there was really no dealings between the Jews and the Samaritans. The Jews you know, in their religion and in their religious ways, they saw the Samaritans as unclean people and they, you know, didn't want to have any dealings with them. And then the other thing in that day, you know, she points out here, I'm a Samaritan and a woman, you know, and, you know, that wasn't something that was a custom to do as well, to stop and to talk to a woman like that, right? But the good news is, and you've heard me quote this verse before, but in Galatians chapter three, it says that you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's the key point right there. You see, people like to say, well, we're all children of God. Well, the way you become a child of God from a biblical standpoint, from what the Bible says, is through faith in Jesus Christ, okay? And you become filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. And as many of, the scripture says, and as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the children of God. So, but I'm reading to you from Galatians chapter three now, not here from John. And it says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So there's like this change that takes place, right? You put on Christ. There is neither, and it, but here's the key verse that I'm pointing out. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So remember, when we talk about the Lord, we talk about a relationship with the Lord. When we talk about the things that Jesus talks about, it has to do with our inward man, our inward person, right? Who we are as a spiritual being. That's what God is dealing with us on. And that's why he sent Jesus, that we could be born again of the spirit, made new, right? Come into a right relationship with God, okay? Through the working of the, of the Lord in us. So it has nothing to do with the outward appearance. And, and so as Jesus is speaking with this woman here, it wasn't a big deal to him because he was about to speak into this woman's life. He was about to cut deep within her as the word of God can do in our lives as well, right? The scripture says of itself, it says that the word of God is profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, for doctrine. This is what the Bible speaks about itself, right? That's what it does. It, and it, it's, it's God's will, it's God's desire that he would mold us and to shape us into being the people that he desires for us to be. And that work is done by his spirit. So it really has nothing to do with the outward. So the fact that she was a Samaritan woman meant nothing to Jesus. Didn't matter to him where she was from or anything like that, right? But that was the culture of the time. And Jesus, you know, as a, a man on the earth, right? Fully God, fully man. But he walked on the earth and he grew up around that culture and he knew that whole thing, right? So, um. Jesus, verse 10 goes on to say, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So, and that's what we need to pay attention to. Again, who it, who's talking to you? That's what this woman needed to understand. Who it, who it was that was talking to her, okay? And what it was that he was focused on. He's looking to give her some different kind of refreshment, some different kind of nourishment, some different kind of, I don't know, whatever you get out of a cold, drink of water, a nice drink of water when you're thirsty. Jesus wants to do that within your life spiritually. But the woman says to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. So in other words she's like how are you going to get this water and and she said and the well is deep so where then do you get that living water so again she obviously doesn't know who she's talking to here no fault of her own she's just having this encounter with Jesus and that's something for us to keep in mind is that you know when you come to Christ and when you're learning of the Lord or you're you're desirous to, to know what God has for you. He understands where you are. He understands right where you are. And this woman's thinking along the, the wrong lines here, but she'll soon find out something here. She'll soon have an experience with the Lord, a, a, an encounter that she's having here with the Lord that's going to change her life. Hello, Isaac, joining us from Oregon again. It's good to have you here. And she says to Jesus, though, in verse 12, Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? So here they had Jacob on a pedestal, right? This this was high in their eyes. And he's saying, Where are you getting water from that's living water? Where are you getting this kind of water from? And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks this water, again, they're at the well here. So whoever drinks this water will thirst again. That's just the plain fact of the matter, right? But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. So here again, right? This woman is thinking of drinking water, the kind of water that you drink. Many people you know, looked and still do look at the words of Jesus from the wrong perspective. You know, and that's why we can have so many different religions created and all of that kind of stuff. They're not realizing that what the Bible is plainly speaking of is something internal, something that happens to you internally where Christ comes in you and, and you become a new creation in Christ and old things pass away and all things become new. It's a new beginning, it's a new start. And you now become a person that now walks by faith, right? John six sixty three says this, Jesus said this in the gospel of John chapter six. He said, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Think about that. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. How many preachers and things do we see today preaching all about you know you having your best life now and you having the car you want and the house you want and everything you want just by coming to Jesus, right? Or just by naming the name of Jesus? Look, I work with people all day long, you know, in my uh, the deliveries that I do for my business. They named the name of Jesus, but they ain't naming it in the way that I named the name of Jesus. Okay. So and there are people that take the name of Jesus and they even take the scriptures and they twist it to make it to where the flesh is profiting something. And it's usually their flesh. It's usually their pockets. What they're selling you and what they're distributing out to you or what they're getting you to purchase from them, you know, is something that they're profiting from. But Jesus says in John 663, he says, The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Now that word spirit there, um, in the Greek, it is the word pneuma. And it, it speaks of just that breath of life within you. It speaks of that, again, it speaks of that inner man, who you are spiritually, that, that you are created in the image of God. And God, remember, when God created Adam, he breathed into the nostrils of Adam, and it says that man became a living soul. That's because the breath of God was in that man, And that's what we have in us. But here's what happens is in this life, sin and things in this life will, will separate us from the knowledge of God. Could be religion, could be your upbringing, could be all different kinds of things that distract you from the truth of who God really is. Right so that's why I always encourage you to go back to the Bible yourself to read the Bible yourself and to find out what it says and what it does not say. Don't listen to anybody anybody including me who gets up in front of you and tells you this or that, you know, find out whether it's in the word of God, find out whether it's true, right? Because Jesus wants to speak to you spiritually and the words that he speaks are spirit and they are life. He wants to do that work in you, right? Again, I've said this in the past. He's not come here to sta- establish religions. Man does that, right? He's come here for your heart. He came here to die for you, to, to pay the price for your sin, to shed his blood for your sin, that you might become the righteousness of God, the scripture says, in him. That you might become righteous before God through by having faith, in Jesus Christ. So it's a spiritual thing, okay? So Jesus, as he speaks to this woman here, right, he's using this analogy of this water, right, the water that's there. And he says, I can give you living water if you would ask. In other words, I can give you something that you'll never thirst again, something that's gonna satisfy your deepest thirst. And that is your need for God right? You have a creator. We've talked about this in the past on Wednesday night. You have a creator. He has a design. He has a plan for your life. And he wants to walk with you and to fellowship with you as you go through this life, right? And that comes through faith in Jesus Christ and him giving you that spirit, that living water that is within you that keeps you going, that satisfies your your, your Desire for something more, okay? And in this world, people keep chasing after something more, something more, something more. You know, there's an old song that um, Bruce Springsteen, right? He had a song that said, poor men wanna be rich, rich men wanna be king, and a king ain't satisfied till he rules everything. Think about that, right? Some wisdom in that. Not that I tell you to be a follower of his, right? But poor men wanna be rich, Rich men want to be king and a king ain't satisfied till he rules everything. In other words, there's a longing and a constant thirst. If you're chasing after this world, you're constantly going to be thirsty. You're constantly going to be missing something because there's only, there's there's a thirst within you that only God can satisfy. And that's what the scriptures are about. And that's what a relationship with Jesus is about, right? So he's using this analogy though with this woman to speak about something different to her. And we need to ask him, just like he said to her, if you knew who I was, you would ask me and I'd give you this, right? I come on here to tell you about who Jesus is in, in the pages of the Bible. And it's based upon what he did in my life, what he did in my heart okay, and what he continues to do in my life, right? But she goes on here, but the water, or Jesus goes on here to say, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So there's the key there too, right? This, this is not about this temporary life. See, we're all headed for the same place, right? We're all going to die, Right. If the Lord doesn't return before that time, we're all headed to the same place, but then what? Well, there's this everlasting life that we have because we come to faith in Jesus Christ. Right, And the woman said to him in verse 15, it says, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. So again, She's not quite getting it here, right? But under, this is understandable, no fault of her own. We, you know, the Bible talks about people that come to Christ and we, we, um, we start out like a baby, right? And, we need, and it says that we need to de- desire the sincere milk of the word that we might grow thereby. But then it talks about a maturation process where we grow in the Lord and we move on to meat and stuff, right? We get into the meat of the word and we get into the meat of what the Lord really wants us to do. i want to read a comment here before I go on. Um, Isaac says, amen. I have experienced that spirit, which you are talking about, but what should I think when there are times of doubt or times when I am exhausted and feel disconnect from God? Well, that happens to all of us, all of us. And, you know, um, i 'd venture to say it happens a whole lot. why? well, because we we live in a world that 's a fallen world we 're constantly being barraged with all kinds of negative stuff all around us. You watch the news, you see all kinds of things go on or you 're just experiencing things in your own life. you know you go out in your daily work life or whatever you know I told a story of, uh, several weeks back, whenever that was, about what happened at a softball game, you know? And things just beat you up, right? And you get down and you get like, you know, you can get your head full of things. And sometimes you just have, you know, even Jesus had to take the time to get away, to go to the mountain and to pray. So if he had to do that, we have to do that. And you've got to find that time in your life and make it a practice in your life. Like we've talked about before, um, you know, Isaac, I've talked to you about this before and I, everyone actually on here, I mentioned how there's gotta be this practice in our lives where we make it a habit in our lives to where we just press on in the faith. We just press on. And what you're describing here, these times of doubt or these times when you're exhausted or feel disconnect, you're saying, okay, where is the spirit of the Lord during this time? Well, we're in this Body of death, Paul called this, right? And Paul, even the Apostle Paul, who was used mightily by God, talked about it, what a struggle it was, right? And then he said, he came to this conclusion and he said, Who shall save me from this body of death? I thank God that through Christ Jesus, my Lord. So, and at the end of Paul's life, he had to keep going, he had to keep pressing on. And at the end of his life, he said, Okay, I fought the fight, I kept the faith. He kept going. He just kept going. And that's what we have to do. I mean, look what they did to Jesus. Okay, here is, here is God in the flesh who was amongst us and walks walked amongst us. And look what they did to him. And look at what he was on the cross. And he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Right? jesus promised that in this life we're going to have tribulation we're going to have trials so what do we do when we feel that disconnect and struggles or trials or doubt whatever it is we press on we press on i you know you think about like someone on a diet they reach a plateau they got to press through it they say i'm not a runner Uh, i often wish i was a runner like a long distance runner. But, you know, they say runners have to get to this point where they got to press through, you know, because everything's telling them to quit. But once they press through, they keep going, you know. And what happens? We grow. We grow stronger. You see, without the trials, without the times of feeling exhausted and pressing on and without the times of doubt and all of that, well, we are going to just remain weak but it's because we have these trials and these difficulties and difficult circumstances in our lives that we get stronger because we press on. And this is like a time for what you're doing right now, Isaac, to to take your time to be on something like this, you know, where someone's teaching the Bible or whatever. This is you taking the time to press on and realizing, you know, don't feel alone. Don't feel like I don't go through this, because I do. I I mean, over the years, to be honest with you, you know, 37 years now of walking by faith in the Lord, I don't have much doubts at all in terms of, I don't have any doubt in terms of who he is and all of that. But yet, you know, you face trials and situations where you feel exhausted. I feel exhausted, you know, everyday life. You're going through life, you're, you've got, you know, all kinds of things going on, you know, and uh, you feel weighed down, you feel bogged down by all of this. And, um, you know, again, my answer is a long-winded answer here, Isaac, but we just press on. We just walk by, and this is the key, we walk by faith, not by sight. And that's what the Lord calls us to do. So thank you for that question, Isaac. Um, So the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her in verse 16, go call your husband and come here. So you see, this is where it gets real. This is where it gets real for this woman. And she's gonna wake up and she's gonna realize, wait a minute. Okay, this is not about religion. She's going to twist she's going to turn the subject again here in just a minute, you'll see. But wait a minute, wait a minute. What is this all about? Who is this? Who is this guy? And really that's what I exhort or encourage you to question. Who is this Jesus? And really what is it that he has for me or he once from me. My phone is on silent. That's actually coming through the computer. through. But um, anyway, yeah, I'm getting a bunch of messages firing in right now. It's a family chat, though, so I'll read it afterwards. Um, but... Anyway, so that's the question here, right? Who is this Jesus? Oh, well, this is getting real with this woman right now. Go call your husband and come here. Watch what I mean by, by it's getting real. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. So Jesus is like, okay. Yep, you're, you're, you're telling the truth here. You have no husband. You've had five husbands and, and you're shacked up with somebody here, right, who's not your husband. But notice what Jesus does here. But we're going to get to more of this story, so bear with me here, right? But there's something that first has to be brought to the mind of this woman as she has this encounter with Jesus, and as she's going to experience this living water, this life-changing event of meeting Jesus, there's something that has to happen first. And she has to be reminded of her sin. She has to be reminded of her own failures. She has to be reminded of her need for a savior because we can't get there. We can't do anything. Jesus told his disciples, he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So this woman is now confronted with something here. And she says in verse 19, I perceive that you are a prophet. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. In verse 19, our fathers, she said in verse 20, worshiped on this mountain. So now she's kind of diverting things here, right? Now she's taking it back to a question about religion or religious practices and such, right? Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus is going to get her back on track again. She's probably, we don't know what's going on, but can you imagine, right, someone you have, And you can have this encounter with Jesus where he makes you aware of who you really are, that you are a wretch like we all are, all have sin falls short of the glory of God. Like I said, the apostle Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall save me from this body of death? And he says, I thank God that through Jesus Christ, my Lord, that's how I'm going to be saved, Right? So, anyway, she diverts here Jesus off the subject a little bit, but Jesus said to her, and he answers her, she says, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Now remember, salvation first came to the Jews, was offered to the Jews first and foremost, right? If you read the Bible and you follow it, that's just the facts of the matter, right? Jesus was born, of, you know, was a Jewish man, born and raised that way, The gospel went to them first. We find in Acts chapter 10 of the Bible for the first time where the Bible then goes out to the non-Jew. It goes out to the Gentile, okay? That is anyone who's not a Jew. But in that case, in Acts chapter 10, it went to a man who was an Italian man and the gospel came to him. But anyway, he says, but then in verse 23, but the hour is coming and now is, Look at that. And now is, he tells her, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. That's what God's looking for. People, again, that word spirit, pneuma, that inner breath, that inner being of who you are, right? Needs to be renewed, needs to be born again of the spirit of God. And you know the truth, the truth of what God, what God has for you, how God wants you to live and such. That's what God is seeking, Jesus is telling that woman. It's not about worshiping on this mountain or that mountain. It's not about this denomination or this church or this religion or that building or that building. It's not about any of that anymore. He says the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers, so these are the true worshipers of God, those that commit their hearts to Jesus, those that give their lives to him to become a disciple of his, to become a follower of his. Again, it's not about joining a church or joining a religion or sending your money here or there. We're talking about what this ministry exists to do. What what my heart is, is to just simply point you to Jesus And he says in verse 24, Jesus says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is spirit. Jesus said, God is spirit. If you want to worship him, you worship him in spirit and in truth. When Jesus ascended back into heaven, he sent the spirit to fall upon those that would believe on him. Right? And then the gospel began to go forth the good news. This is the good news that you can come to Jesus, that you can know him and have a relationship with him and you can become a worshiper of God. How? In the way that you live. Now look, when I talk about it's not of this denomination or this religion or this church or this building or that building or all that, it doesn't mean it's bad to go to those places. Okay? It is good to fellowship around like-minded people, people that are growing in the Lord themselves, people that are studying the Bible. If you can find a church to go to that is teaching the word of God, I strongly encourage you to go there and to find fellowship. You know, that's you know, I'm sure that's Christianese to some of you, the word fellowship, right? But just to find people to hang out with and to be around that wanna grow in the Lord as well that want to know him and to grow in him as well. So this is a story here, and I'm gonna stop here as far as reading the Bible goes, but this is a story here about a woman that had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And that's what God is seeking, such to worship him, right? Now, the story's gonna go on, and I really encourage you to read the rest of the story. I'll leave that to you, right? to go on you'll see that this woman's now going to run into town she's going to tell all everybody hey because she's now had this encounter she's got this living water and she comes to the place she says she tells everybody in town hey come and see a man come and listen to a man who told me everything I ever did in other words the man looked inside of me this man looked at my heart you know and yes he confronted her with her sin right but it changed her and she ran and began to tell others about it. And these people came and they ran to Jesus. When you read the rest of the story and they they came and they went back to the woman and said, now we know, we know too, not just because you told us, but because we've experienced it ourselves. And that's my hope with what I do as a ministry here is look, I'm telling you about it, but you must come to that place where you come to Jesus. You come to get that living water, that refreshment for your soul, that new creation in Christ that you can be through faith in him. So I'm gonna go ahead and stop here for tonight, but I will go ahead and pause if anybody has any more questions or comments. Um, I'm gonna look at some messages here, make sure it has nothing to do with our study here. Wow! They got oh um, no. My son was sending a picture here. I think it was who sent that? Dustin. Yeah, from the Bible. Over six feet of snow at where he went, where my kids went to school at the Bible College in Southern California, Marietta Hot Springs. They got yeah. over six feet of snow, and he that sent a the, picture here. Was that at Marietta or is that at Beth- Oh, oh yeah. No, I'm sorry. That's not Marietta, is that? That's up in. Um, that picture's up in Twin Peaks. So that's up in the mountains. So that's not uncommon. But uh, anyway, yeah. So let's see what we got here. Um, Becky, can you pray for Maddie? She has to have surgery on her collarbone. Absolutely. I have been praying um, for Maddie. And that. Was, uh, thank you for bringing her up, Becky, because that is a question that I did want to find out about tonight. I guess I can do that outside of this setting. But um, definitely we'll pray for her. And uh, I, I, thought, um, I thought it was good news with the collarbone that it was like fractured in place or something. But um, sounds like it's not not the case. So definitely we will pray for her. Anyone else um, have any prayer requests or anything that, that we could talk about? I'm not in a hurry to get offline. Maybe you are. Um, but I just wanted to put these scriptures out here to you. Um, we're about... Uh, We're 40 minutes into it, almost 41 minutes into it. But if anyone else has any um, questions, we'll definitely pray. And I'm going to actually pray live here here in just a moment. But I'm just kind of killing time because I'm on a little bit of delay, as I've talked about in the past, from what you type and when I see it. I think it's like 30 seconds. My older sister Isaac said is in Twin Peaks, She has snowed in for the past couple of days. She has been digging her way out. She could use some prayer. Your sister's name is Mda, right? And definitely we'll pray for all of them up there as well. Um, Yeah, just go ahead and if you have any more questions or prayer requests, go ahead and put them in. But I'm gonna go ahead and pray right now. So let's pray. Lord, Lord, we thank you for this good day. Lord, the earth is yours. The scripture says that the earth is yours in all of its fullness, Lord. So we acknowledge that fact, Lord, that apart from you, we have nothing. And if, and if we really take the time to meditate on it and to think about it, we will realize that there is nothing we have that hasn't come from what you have created. Everything we have, you know, has come from something that you created. It all began with your creation, Lord. And we thank you that you have given us life here on this earth. We also thank you, Lord, that you have given us the opportunity to have life and life more abundantly through knowing you, through coming to faith in you. And I pray for those that are listening now or may listen in the future to the audio version of this, Lord, um, around the world, Lord, that will go out. I, I pray that if, if someone is, is feeling that within them, that, that they need to come unto you, that they need to consider you, that they would be like this woman at the well and just ask honest questions of you and seek you and as you said, as we've read tonight, Lord, God is seeking those to worship him that will worship him in spirit and in truth. So the truth is, is that we often, just like Isaac expressed tonight, Lord, we often have struggles. We have trials. We have doubts, Lord. We, we don't understand this or that. We're, we're, you know, we're on this side of heaven. We don't know all. We don't see all you know, you're the one who knows all, Lord, and and you invite us to come unto you, just like you invited this woman to just simply ask, and you would give her living water. So you desire that we would seek you, Lord, and I pray that we will. I pray that from my own heart, Lord, that I will just continue to press on in the faith all the way till the end, Lord, until that day when we'll ever be with you, Lord. And Lord, I do lift up Maddie to you, Lord. Uh, Becky and Kevin's Granddaughter and Gwen and Jay's daughter, Lord, we just lift her up to you, Lord. And we just ask, Lord, we thank you for surgeons, Lord. We thank you for what they do, Lord. And we just pray. I pray for their hands, Lord, as they will do this surgery, Lord, that you would guide and direct their hands, Lord, that all would go well, Lord, and that Maddie would know your involvement in this as well, Lord, and acknowledge you in that. But we pray that it just all goes well and the collarbone heals good, Lord, and any other ailments, her wrist or whatever else may be injured from the car accident that she was in, Lord. We pray, Lord, that that healing would come upon her, Lord, and that you would have Your way within her heart, Lord, and in her life, Lord. And again, that you would just direct the surgeons in this, Lord. I pray for Isaac's sister as he requested here. Melinda, Lord, who snowed in up in the mountains in California. I just pray for safety, Lord. We're getting pounded right outside our window right now with high winds and and rain beating against the house right now, Lord. But we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the rain here in the desert for sure, Lord. But um, we just pray for safety, Lord, for all those that are traveling about and in these type of situations and circumstances. But again, Lord, we thank you for this time. And we thank you, Lord, that even as I'm praying, I'm thinking about the fact, Lord, that the scripture says you have a throne of grace. In other words, we can come before you at any time and any one of us can come. Whosoever will, your word says, can come. And I pray, Lord, that we will continue to seek you in our lives, Lord. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, amen, everybody. God bless. Thank you for being here. It's good, uh, good to be back and doing this again. Um, we'll see if we'll be back. Next Wednesday or not, I kind of, it's kind of like a just whenever thing. If, you know, oftentimes I find that I want to do it. I want to get on and go do it. And then something else comes up at the last minute um, that kind of distracts me from it. But I enjoy doing this and hopefully you enjoy it as well. And uh, we, I'll let you go and we will see you all next time. God bless everybody.